0: Buckle up, everybody. It's time for another episode of Dime Travel. You know, the podcast where we go back in time, subtract the NBA playoffs, and see how things would turn out if there was just a regular season. And since we're traveling back in time, we make a few stops to check out what's happening during that year. You know, check out some concerts, maybe some musicals, and maybe some other culturally significant events. It's your standard sports talk science fiction podcast, so let's step into this phone booth and let's help Bill and Ted get an A on their high school history project and maybe rewrite the history of the National Basketball Association. It's time to drop a dime.
1: The question remains, though: How do we decide who the regular season champion is? We can't just compare their record because some teams have a harder schedule than others, depending on how many times they play each opponent. So here's what we decided to do: For each team, we average their winning percentage against every other team. That way, it doesn't matter if you were one and one against that team or three and three against them; the percentage is the same. Then we take the average of all those percentages and multiply. That winning percentage by 82, just so we have an adjusted record out of 82 games like we're used to seeing. The team with the best adjusted record is our champion. Last episode, we revisited the 1964-1965 NBA season and confirmed that the Russell Celtics were in fact the best team. Today, we're going to evaluate the 1999-2000 NBA season to see if the Shaq and Kobe Lakers really were the best team. My name's Kevin and joining me today is Chris. Hey, everybody. How are you? And Ryan. Good evening, everyone. So first things first, let's start with the best part of the show, the time travel week as a way to get into the 2000 frame of mind. The premise of this segment is if we're really talking about the 2000 NBA season, well, what if we could really travel back to that season? Not to change world events or to invest our money, we just get one week During the NBA season to see some games, see some concerts, maybe do some other stuff. Maybe buy a jersey at a game. We'll see. This week, in honor of the movie Frequency, the uh, mediocre Dennis Quaid movie from 2000, we're traveling via Aurora Borealis. So, Ryan, why don't you start us off? If you could go back to the 99-2000 NBA season for a week, what would you do?
2: Well, thank you guys for having me here tonight. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here with you. And I'm looking forward to traveling by this methodology and being uh, surrounded by the beautiful colors in the sky and figure out how to get from point A to point B. Um, so what I'm gonna do is head back to December 27th, 1999, check out the Mavs versus the Lakers. It's a pretty competitive game that Mavs had Dirk um, and somehow he's going against the powerhouse with Shaq, Kobe, AC Green, uh, Robert Ori, and, uh, potentially the, or obviously their players are at kind of different points of their careers, but I still feel like it doesn't make sense how Dirk was able to hang with those guys. Do you, do you uh, only... have memories of, uh, Michael Finley at all? Uh, very rarely or
1: a little bit. <laughs> very rarely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I you don't think, think about, about him sometimes.
2: very often. Yeah. yeah. Probably not as much as I'm supposed to. Number four. No,
1: I think you're probably thinking about him the right amount. I definitely, I definitely remember Michael Finley on that team. Cause this was, this was kind of like right before it became the Dirk team right the nash team who's who missed this game with an ankle injury yeah Yeah. me too because he was he was supremely
2: athletic and he actually Mm -hmm. had a decent outside shot
1: yeah i like Michael Finley.
2: i do remember them though he's representing number four i believe
1: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah yeah um and then the following day i'm going to check out the raptors wait wait before i one other thing i want to say about the mavericks oh my apologies This,
1: this was this was like a week before mark cuban bought them
2: Wow, that is actually fascinating.
1: And you know who we bought them from? Ross Perot Jr. What? Wow. Yeah, I don't feel like I knew that. But wow, yeah. that is interesting. So the you guys from shark Game... tank? Uh, yeah, Mark Cuban. Wow. Yeah, how long tank do you think guy. that is? How,
2: how long do you think Mark Cuban will maintain his majority shares? I don't
1: know. I mean, once you once you get an opportunity like that, I can't imagine giving it up. Maybe 24, 25 years. Yeah, that sounds about that's right. That's crazy. Do you think he was waiting to see if, there, if the team would
0: uh, fall prey to the Y2K crash before he I bought I do it? think that was part of it. That was probably
1: smart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And it then uh, the basketball f- team, so.
2: No, not, it, yeah. a, we know that now. Could have affected the shot clock or something. Ooh, or the true. game length mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. score keeping. Um, and then the following day, I'm going to check out the Raptors versus the Rockets. Close game. Raptors had Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Muggsy Bogues. And uh, I feel like I didn't really appreciate those guys as much as I should. I mean, Vince Carter I had an appreciation for and Tracy I eventually came around to him, but I just feel like I missed a little nostalgia for those players.
1: I like T-Mac, but awesome. Yeah, he was yeah. awesome, but not not, not really starting until the next year. Like he was still like coming off the bench in Toronto. Yeah, but right. So I He's got some little...
2: highlights. He's got some highlights though. Yeah, I was gonna just tell people in the crowd to like watch out for that guy. He's gonna be good. Really mm-hmm. What talking about? Mm-hmm. And then I guess there were some other players that were on these teams that might be worth mentioning, uh, like like Hakeem Olajuwon and Charles Barkley. Yeah, those those guys are pretty good.
1: Hang hanging on the end of the bench. The guys, still <laughs> from the '84 draft. They've been yeah, so franchise, Stevie and Stevie franchise. franchise.
2: Yeah, so I thought those would be a good good couple games to check out. And then a few days later. December 31st, going to go to Inglewood and check out the Red Hot Chili Peppers and their Californication Tour. Got some good songs on those albums there, or that album there. And they uh, think it'll be a great concert go-to, high energy, and a little bit nerve-wracking right before Y2K the day before. You know? Do you I know, do you know was who
1: happening. was opening that,
2: opening that show? Uh, I, I forgot for the moment.
1: So there were some good opening acts on, on that tour. The, the, the second U.S. leg was the Foo Fighters were opening for them. Oh, uh, wow. Like right before the Stone Temple Pilots were opening. But you, you I think you got stuck with 311. So. Uh, dang.
2: Should have chose yeah. differently. But yeah, it, it was interesting to see the the variation or options of opening acts based on yeah. where they were.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
2: <clears throat> and then uh, I always like to check out a movie. And The Matrix came out this year much a little much earlier, March 31st, 1999. But I remember seeing that in the theater with some of my friends and it was just mind blowing. And I think I rank it up there as one of my favorite movies. So I would love I, to check that out again.
1: I think it was, I think it's It's definitely one of like the five most memorable in theater experiences I had. I remember being yeah. blown away in theaters. But...
2: Incredible. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it still holds up just the whole concept. And as mm-hmm. we move closer to more AI stuff and Robots, mm-hmm. computers. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it very well could be a, a real premise. Yeah, can't wait. I could yeah, be. I'm bad still bird. not
0: convinced we don't live in the Matrix.
2: Exactly. Yeah, there's, I, there's no way to no know for to sure.
0: Know. No way to know. There's not and enough then, landlines though anymore to jump in and out. That's the only problem. So, yeah, we'll have to figure that part
1: out. Mm-hmm. You guys don't have landlines? No, there's just not as many in general. But no, I don't have one. I think part of my bundle. I technically have a landline, but we don't have a phone for it. Okay, well, you're good then. Yeah, you you'll be the chosen one. I guess I we would, have to also. Get I was kind of suspected booths.
2: that. Telephone <laughs> booths. Yeah, that would be another source of transport. That's True. Hmm. Maybe that's how we should have time traveled. Well, be it, sure be it, there'll be times. There'll be times to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then be excellent to each other. Okay. I realized that my last aurora borealis spectrum of light is leaving, so I'm gonna to have to head back. All right.
1: What about what about you, Chris? What's your plan?
2: Um,
0: not much. Um, no, for, you know the first thing I want to say is that I, I watched this movie. Did you watch this movie? Do you ever watch the the time travel movies?
1: Uh, for the, free, the frequency? Yeah. Did you watch it? No, I did not watch it. This one. It's. I
0: mean. It's hard. It's hard to get through it. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not very good, especially considering Dennis Quaid carries it. But it's not really a time travel movie. I mean, he gets a, some kind of transistor radio that can communicate to his dad, who passed away. Now, is you know, his like- dad in the same time as him? No, he's in it. So, so the communication time travels across the, the Aurora Borealis. Okay, and he's able to alter the past and affect the future which to me is fine i actually think it's a cool way to travel and uh-huh. you know with today's technology we could maybe use this radio frequency to 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 actually move particles um so i'm not saying it's impossible i just i just didn't know if you actually watched it and knew what we were referencing i just i figured one of our listeners would probably eventually chime in on the you know and correct us there so i just wanted to get ahead of that so
1: i don't i don't know if that's correcting us was was were we wrong that's that's time travel it was just it's information traveling through time, but Fair. changing, changing events by, I don't know. Fair. I'm sorry that you what did you watch it because of this or had you already seen it? I'd say general curiosity.
0: Uh, no, I watched it because of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Where did you, uh, okay.
1: Where, where did you find it? Oh, sorry. No, oh. Free, ads, no free ads. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't want to <laughs> plug that. Um <laughs>
0: So I, I didn't go back as late as you guys, because you guys both seemed like you wanted to party right before Y2K. I was a little nervous. So mm-hmm. I went back um, December 8th, um, and I was I was really into basketball around this time of year. So I squeezed a couple college games in. I'm actually going back uh, to see – I wanted to see Kenyon Martin play. Uh, in, in 1999, December, Kenyon Martin was at the peak of his powers – and he might have been one of the freakiest freak athletes I've ever seen play in a sport or in basketball um, kind of pre-injury. And If you watched the University of Cincinnati basketball at all during the 99 season, uh, I mean, Kenya Martin was just a freak of nature. Uh, He plays against UNC, uh, who had some future pro players, Brendan Haywood, Ed Cota, and then I guess Julius Peppers, the defensive end. Yeah. Um, Did he, did he play in that game? Yeah, I think he did. Uh, I don't have the stat line here, but I remember looking it up. I think he had like four points, six points, something like that. That'd be cool to see. Yeah. So that'd be kind of just a weird game to be at. I I really wanted to squeeze a Kenya Martin game. And that was like one of the first things I thought of when we went to this timeline. So I get to see that game. Um, I don't remember what his stat line is. It's super awesome. Uh, after that, I got to fly out to, um, England to a place called union chapel because i wanted to catch a musician i never got a chance to see and i think she's just kind of one of the the greats uh bjork um she has a sold out show there with the brodsky brothers who are some kind of string quartet uh she's just super unique um and there's a lot of artists today that kind of stretch the boundary of like weird artistic music and and performance and i think she was one of the the, the, the artist that was doing it first. She's got like this childlike imagination that she combines with Icelandic breathy yodeling and sometimes like some digital music and organic nature sounds. I don't know. So she makes some weird stuff. And I thought it'd be really interesting to go see one of her shows.
1: Yeah. This is so. a cool time to see her too because her first three albums were awesome. So, yeah, this was that, pre swan dress, but at, after her stalker tried to kill her. So mm-hmm. yeah, inter- interesting, interesting uh, Bjork time. Did you, did you, did you, know about the stalker? Yeah, I remember reading some of that. Um, I didn't refresh it for, for this podcast, but I remember it happening at the time. So I mentioned, I mentioned Bjork to a student I was tutoring and she started uh, telling me about the, the murder attempt. <laughs> so wow. that's where I learned about it from I took an awkward twist from like a 15 year old. <laughs> so
0: the. Your student was a fifteen-year-old that told you that.
1: Yes, yes. So that's kind of like
0: historical information for them. I know. They, I know. They really knew their stuff.
1: I think she once asked me if I was alive during World War II. So <laughs>
2: that's hilarious. Thanks
1: for that, Carlisle. I remember being at the age where you thought all old people were just all alive during all the old stuff. Yeah, so I get it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really, I really like Bjork, and it, she's you can actually hear her with with that with the quartet she released an album uh, family tree that has a lot of cuts that feature them and she really has like a, a perfect style of of singing and of performing to mix with like a lot of different musical styles so to hear it the way it, it normally was performed and to hear it with a with a string quartet it's it's very different but it, it fits to just she she is she is really awesome. I'm a big fan. It
0: kind of makes sense because some of her stuff, uh, when she puts some of the digital electronic music over it, almost almost loses some of the beauty of the music. So I I, I think with the string
1: quartet, it, yeah, it's it's a good compliment. Also, I think so. I think I've scarred my kids with Oh So Quiet because when they were younger, I used to I used to play that all the time, mm-hmm. and during the like quiet parts, I would just sit there calmly, and then during the loud parts, <laughs> I would chase them around the house and tickle them mercilessly. Yeah. And then as soon as they came to the quiet part again, I would just walk away. Yeah. And so even like I mentioned to my kids that we were doing this, I haven't done this in a couple of years. I mentioned to my kids that I was like Bjork, the, the girl who does Oh So Quiet. And they all got kind of like tense. Yeah. So they're still wow. scarred by that song. They
0: probably won't be future Bjork fans. Um, I don't know. They'll probably steer their kids away from that. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully I didn't ruin it for them. Well, if you're not if you're not familiar with her music because she doesn't necessarily have hit songs, I mean she has some songs that are considered hits, but uh, I would I would say listen to Hyper Ballad. That's probably probably her best mm-hmm. song. That's um, a good one. And she definitely, uh, well, I guess she does not know if she definitely. I didn't get the set list, but she was definitely performing that song around this time. So I'm
1: assuming she she, she did, did perform her. that song. Yes, okay, she did. She she finished with Oh So Quiet. She did. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh,
0: well, okay, well, I'm going to move on from this uh, Bjork. Cool artist. Check her out. Um, mm-hmm. But I wanted to catch another college basketball game because there was just so much good basketball around this time. Uh, but there was a college game that featured Arizona, who was a hot team at the time, versus Michigan State, who ends up being the eventual NCAA tournament champions. And that that game featured Gilbert Arenas, Richard Jefferson, and Luke Walton versus Mateen Cleaves, Mo Pete charlie bell and, and jason richardson uh so a lot of future pro players kind of playing the, a fun version of basketball i remember watching this arizona team and this michigan state team in,
1: in the tournament and both very fun brands of, of college basketball so it is it is weird too to see the list of the players on this team and see that michigan state won the title with yeah. their Mateen cleaves and mo pete and charlie bell versus like gilbert arenas richard jefferson and luke walton are all three NBA players who had memorable moments.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of surprising that Arizona isn't the eventual tournament champ out of these two uh teams. Yeah. Mateen Cleves kind of has that like uh n- never quit kind of shorter, stocky guy, sort of mm-hmm. like a Kirby Puckett build. Yeah, he did have a he did have a Kirby Puckett build. Yeah. Um I, I remember him he, he played really well in that tournament. He's a big reason why they why they took the, the
1: I think, tournament. I think the Kirby Puckett builds known as the badonka dunk.
0: I think, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who else has it is Darius
1: Rucker. Who do you yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and expect to connect those
0: dots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only, only here at, uh, what's the name of our podcast,
1: uh, dime travel. We're going Dime, with dime travel.
0: travel only at dime travel. Do we connect those dots for people? Uh, the last thing I want to do is, I, I would be really upset if I didn't catch Allen Iverson. He was injured during most of this time I was touring around, so I had to kind of wait for uh, him to come or for uh, Toronto to come to town. And, and um, so I catch him in Philadelphia uh, and I get to see T Mac and Sanity, uh young versions of those players, and, and Muggsy Bose. Uh, but, yeah, Allen Iverson had 37 points in this game. I think he jacked up something like 34 shots. Sounds right. Uh, I think he was 8 of 13 or 8 of 14 from the free throw line. Just, just a terrible, terrible statistical performance, but just classic mm-hmm. Allen Iverson all over the place. I think he had he- like a steal, a block, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. Just This was all about AI from the Philadelphia side. So
1: Yeah, Allen Iverson was awesome. i would be a really cool person to see play. Yeah, that's my week, Kevin. Where are you gonna let the great northern lights take you? Well, so so first, before I before I send some information back in time, I'm, I wanted to talk about a couple of things that were near misses. For one thing, there, there was a cool show that was a Fiona Apple Jurassic Five show that I thought nice. would be cool to go to. Yeah. Also, I was trying to. There was some cool uh, TLC was on was was performing. They were they were touring. I thought that would be be a cool thing to go. Also, oh. also touring at this time during this season, I think was the first concert that three of us ever went to together, which was, really? uh, which was Guster in, uh, Madison, Wisconsin.
2: Really? Wow.
1: Yeah. Cause it would have been our sophomore year. No, it would have been our freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we drove out there and that is yeah, crazy. Yeah. So that was during this NBA season, but didn't go to any of those. But it was nostalgic for the for it. It looked cool, uh, so I, I I based my whole thing around going to watch Fish perform at Big Cypress on New Year's Eve. So it's supposed to be a legendary fish show. I, I, there, there were times I there have been times in my life where I've listened to Fish. Um, I've never been a huge fish fan. Never seen them live. But this it seems like it would be a, a really cool show to be at. It was they played for multiple days. They it was like eighty thousand people there. On New Year's Eve, this is Y two K New Year's Eve. They started performing at eleven p.m. and played till till the sun came up. So it would have been, I feel like that would have been a really cool experience to be at. Yeah. So starting off there, really awesome. It's really in awesome. Florida. Uh, not doing anything for a couple more days. I feel like I'm going to need a couple of days to recover from that. Um, but uh, two days later, on January second, I'm going to go watch the Raiders play at the, at the Chiefs. Uh, not a great, not, it's not a great week. This was week 17. So there's a lot of, a lot of games had blowouts, a lot of resting players, but I think this was our first year playing fantasy football together. Yeah. That sounds about right. I think this is the year where we, where we started that just our own website. And I was manually calculating the scores every weekend. This is before we like signed up at, on, on like one of the bigger sites. I think we did it we did like a three man team or a three man league rather.
2: Yeah. We had a ghost person
1: yeah we did use the excel spreadsheet at some point yes i was i was putting everything in excel that's how i was calculating it all
2: yeah it made yeah. it a little easier
1: yeah yeah for it was super easy for you for me to put things in a spreadsheet
2: pretty sure i helped
1: design that i'm a hundred percent positive you did not design the excel spreadsheet
0: well either way it, it contributed to what you do today for work you're, you're a fantastic engineer and Thank you, you need to work on your spreadsheets so we were
1: glad to allow you to do that for us. Th- th- thanks for being the peacekeeper Chris. So I got to see I got to see Rich Gannon and the Raiders beat Elvis Gerback in the Chiefs. Oh my Tony, gosh. Tony Gonzalez had a touchdown. Like if Taylor Swift was around back then she would have loved Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> then 2 days later I'm going to go finally watch some basketball games. I'm going to watch the Wolves beat the Spurs at home 91 to 88. So I get to see a young Tim Duncan and a young Kevin Garnett. Yeah. They're both 23 years old. I I was a big Kevin Garnett fan. That's yeah. that, that's the game where I'm going to pick up that that alternate that black Kevin Garnett Timberwolves jersey. Ooh. Yeah, that in my collection. I, th- watching those two guys that they're like young athletic prime would be awesome. I remember that I remember that uh jersey and specifically the
0: Timberwolves like the yeah. font they use. It was like a Halloween font almost. It was like kind of pointy.
1: Yeah, my, um, mom, paint- like- my mom painted that on my wall. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. She's very talented. I'm a big fan. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, I was a big fan of Kevin Garnett. <laughs> yeah. I am a big fan of my, of my mom and Kevin Garnett.
0: No, I thought that, I, li- I like that shot out. Yeah, that was cool. No, and this is totally like a, a Kevin dream game. So
1: yeah, that would have been an awesome game. So then... The next night, I'm heading out to LA. I'm going to watch the Lakers beat the Clippers at home, because I feel like the the biggest things that I wanted to see this season would be Shaq and Kobe play. This was this was just an amazing Shaq and Kobe. Shaq had 40 points and 19 rebounds on just 24 shots. Kobe with yeah. t- with 26 points. The Clippers or whatever, but watch it watching those two guys play and then they like during their championship runs would would be an amazing thing to see. So. Absolutely. Good choice.
0: I I think that, uh, you, you caught a couple of things I missed. I I did consider the Lakers. I mean, this is the playoff year where, uh, Shaq has that highlight where he kind of dunks and then Mm -hmm. off the alley-oop from Kobe, right? And he kind of runs back pointing to Kobe. They were, they're really fun tandem to watch. Um, and then I also think you kind of, you kind of skipped over because you were just so excited about Garnett, but you, you know, you got to see David Robinson and Tim Duncan play together. So that was kind of a cool era for uh, Spurs basketball too. So
1: yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Duncan Garnett matchup was, was what I was really excited for, but yeah, having the Admiral there and he's on his last legs, but yeah, yeah. That, the, that, twin towers was cool. Well, right. Coming off cool. their, their championship the year before. but Yeah. That's the end of my week. Then I'm hopping back on the Aurora Borealis with all my information. Coming back to the present. Really cool. Really cool. It's a great time for basketball.
0: Uh, I think I think another thing I just wanted to point out before we kind of move into the other segments is you really couldn't miss around this time. There were so many great players that had aged through the 90s and then th- players coming into 2000s, and I, I feel like I'm just kind of being cliche here, but I think it's important to point out because kind of before that in the early 90s and the 80s, the NBA kind of did this thing where they would almost create a dichotomy where like it was, you know, like the bird versus magic kind of thing um but you were moving into an era where nba in general no matter who your team was, was was typically pretty exciting there were a lot of players to watch so
1: yeah it was a really fun time there were there were, there were i feel like there were a lot of choices of people like like allen iverson was awesome i really liked him he, he probably would have been like 5th or 6th on my list of people i had to see so. yeah i moved him up just because i never
0: got to see the guy play live and i just think it would be a spectacle
1: so
2: yeah yeah no, yeah i'm not saying you're wrong just yeah. Do you think these concepts of seeing so many good players is more of a function of outstanding marketing? It's, mm. it's hard to say. I feel like the NBA did really like to keep that dichotomy
0: box for a while. Yeah. Um, but I think it's hard not to market players now. You know, I mean, look at someone like Ja Morant, who's in and out of the league. But he, he, he markets himself, basically, especially with social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's hard to say if they're a product of of the marketing or if, if there was just so much development in the late nineties that you just had so many good players, it was hard not to market them.
2: I'm not sure. Right. And the game probably is evolving and new things coming out and I yeah, think, uh, different styles maybe.
0: Yeah, exactly. Good point. I, I think the, I, what I'm saying is it's a great time to witness the evolution of, of the NBA for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we got to t- travel back to it. Absolutely. That brings us to the next segment of our show. Guess the players, where I give some of the more obscure nicknames from basketballreference.com and see if Ryan and then Chris can figure out which players made an all-NBA team this season and had those nicknames. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Which player made an all-NBA team this season
2: and had the nickname Coney Island's Finest? Coney Island's Finest. So somebody from New York... Um gosh. Alan Iverson's more of a Philly guy. Whew. Also so, originally from Virginia. Virginia. Exactly. Gotcha. So is this gonna be Stefan Marbury? It is oh. Stefan
1: Marbury. Yes. Ooh, that was
0: my guess. Great
1: job. Yeah. I was I was surprised. I I I feel like Stefan Marbury and I think I feel like a couple other point guards kind of meld together in my head because the fact that he only made two all star teams surprised me. I, I feel like I hmm. remember him more. Also, this might be like formative years of my life, but yeah, this was, this was him on the New Jersey Nets at one of his two all NBA appearances. Hmm. Well, kind of before, he went, uh, before he went,
0: before he was like one of the original guys to go to China, right? And, and yeah, show that uh, NBA players can make that leap. Yeah, make the leap to China. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean I think he had a pretty successful
1: Asian career. Yeah, yeah, he did all right. Yeah, he did get better as he aged. So all right, so that you got that one. Now this one's gonna be a little bit tougher. Okay. Which player made an all NBA team this season and had the nickname Sunshine? Piece of cake.
2: Sunshine. Let's see here. I feel like it's a guy with a great smile I'm going Chris Webber.
1: All right. All right. It was not Chris Webber, um, but he did have a nice smile. <laughs> Chris, Chris, what do you think? Who, who do you think had the best smile in the NBA this season? Just lit up the room. Alonzo Mourning. Is, is that your guess? Yeah, Alonzo Mourning. Okay. That makes sense because the morning and Sunshine are t- tied together. The, a- the actual answer is Vince Carter. It was a name from AAU because he was from Daytona Beach. So that's what they called him on his AAU team: "Sunshine." Makes sense. That so makes eight, a lot of sense. Eight-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, Vince Carter. This was this was just his second season, his first first All-Star appearance. Yeah, a very exciting player. Maybe a little bit of a disappointing career overall because of how talented he was. But yeah, Vince Carter, Sunshine. All right, he had a disappointing career. I get it. I I. It depends on what you're expecting. He was just so talented. The the guy could have been amazing. Yeah, everything. He had had all the talent that Kobe
0: had. Yeah, sure. I was going to say the ceiling of his comparison was the next coming of
1: Jordan. Right. Like he legitimately had the athleticism and the skill set that he could have been in the the Kobe conversation. But he just, which is is fine. He he was more of a, a, probably more of a relaxed, reasonable human being and not one of these like lunatic competitors. But. Right, uh, he also like forced his way out of Toronto by tanking for a while, and I don't know.
2: Right, that's not very good at tank.
1: Yeah, he's only he's only only had a disappointing career because of how much talent he had. But he,
2: I mean, yeah, he's got highlight
1: reels that are mm-hmm. unbelievable. I, yeah, probably some of the best, best highlight best, reels. I would I would have him as the best in game dunker ever. But right, yeah, sure. and the, the, the French guy dunk,
0: dunk is yeah.
1: Yeah, and the best uh, dunk contest dunker. Mm -hmm. All right, last one. Which which player made an All-NBA team this season and had the nickname Steady?
2: Steady. I'm going to have to go with Tim Duncan. Okay, makes sense. He was very steady. Sounds like it's not right. No,
1: Chris is going to get this one. I'm just going to go with Eddie. Eddie Jones. Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie oh, Jones. It's always wow. these rhymy
2: ones. The rhyming guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three
1: three time All Star. This was his only All NBA appearance. This was his first full year in Charlotte, and uh, yeah, he was Charlotte. He was traded with Eldon Campbell for uh, Glenn Rice, J.R. J. Reed, and B J Armstrong.
2: So uh, he then was, he was ready to play.
1: Yeah, he was all <laughs> Steady Eddie was always ready to play, but
2: yeah, I bet he did well he did
1: he did he he he, see i wasn't disappointed in his career i feel like he reached his potential
2: let he be the best he can be yeah exactly
1: yeah more rhymey stuff love it yeah you did it all right so now that we've done finished guessing the players it's time to count down the top three teams with their adjusted records see who the champion is this year so the number three team with an adjusted record of 57 and 25 so it's a one One game bump over their actual record was the Indiana Pacers. This was uh, a team led by a combination of uh, in his prime, Jalen Rose, and near the end of his career, Reggie Miller. Jalen Rose won most improved player this year. Austin Crozier was fourth in, in, not MVP, in most improved player voting. Uh, Dale Davis was eighth in rebounds per game. Mark Jackson was on this team, ninth in assists per game. It was like, this was a cool team. And a lot Super of cool lot of interesting players.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, we're running through all these big name players in the late 90s and early 2000s and this this Pacers team went to the finals against the Lakers, right?
2: Mhm.
1: They did.
0: So That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, you can't sleep on this team either.
1: No, I would not sleep on this team. Uh, Rick <laughs> Rick Smits. Like, yeah. I love Rick Smits. Yeah. Yeah, he was an OG 7-footer. And you got so Mark is- Jackson. Yeah, this was a really this was an old team. They had Reggie Miller was thirty four, Mark Jackson was thirty four, Smith was thirty three. There goes that man. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened. Chris Mullen was on on the bench on this team. That's kind of weird. Yeah, he was really
0: old. But he only started two games, so I don't know if it yeah. really. But I know yeah. he's just
1: he's a memorable player. But Sam Perkins almost forty years old, started zero games. So if we shouldn't mention Chris Mullen, I don't know if we should mention. Sam Perkins fair, but fair. All right. So, so what, what reference do you think from this year would, would fit this team? Hmm. That is tough. So I, I I thought I felt like, I felt like the movie that came out in 99 final destination fit them because the universe just had it out for them. You know, their, their prime coincided with the bulls prime Mm. and then the Lakers dynasty. Hmm. Like this. This is this, this was a a runner up team that ran into just a, a couple Ooh, of buzz saws.
0: Totally, and you know what? You know what? Because it goes even further. Because doesn't this team leak into the malice at the palace? It does. I mean, I mean, Reggie Miller hangs on just a little bit longer because that team had some real potential, right? and i think if there's a final destination
1: so i don't think reggie was on that team still but that that team probably i think that team was the favorite to win in 2004 2005. i think he either was on that team at the beginning and was hobbled
0: or like had played with him the year before and kind of helped he has a connection because i remember watching the documentary recently and and he's on it talking about it and he, you're right. He may not have been exactly on that team, but I know that he was kind of part of of their origin story.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. So they they really, I think they were the favorites that year before the malice at the palace. Yeah, that was an uh, awesome uh, team. But yeah, the, the, the universe just didn't want them to win. That's a reach,
0: but I, I think it's part what? of the final destination. Thing. Yeah, no, I'm saying, my adding that on uh, is kind of no. a reach, but if that's where no, it you're leads right, Reg, to- Reggie was on that team. Yeah, he
2: was, yeah, right? I don't think yeah.
1: he's maybe at some point he was coming no, off. He was a, he was a, a bench. starter, he was thirty nine, but he started sixty-six games for them that year.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. That's really impressive.
1: Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I, I feel like final, I feel like they were the final destination team. Yeah. And any other any other things we want to throw in there or move on to number two?
0: You know what? I think that that was complete. I'm satisfied. What about you, Ryan?
2: Yeah, I think that's a good summary.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. Good. All right, moving on to the number two team, the Portland Trailblazers. So they had a 59 and 23 adjusted record, which was the same as their actual record. This team had Scottie Pippen, who was second, second team all defense. And not a single player on this team averaged 20 points a game. No, not a single player on this team was in the top 20 in the league in points or assists or rebounds or blocks or steals. This was just a really well-rounded team. This Weird. team goes like eleven deep with players where I'm like, oh yeah, that guy was on this team. Yeah, all the way down to Jermaine O'Neal.
0: Yeah, all the way down to Stacy Ogman. <laughs> oh my goodness, Stacy Ogman, Jermaine O'Neal, Bonzi Wells, Greg Anthony, Detlo Shrimp, Arvita Sabonis, yeah, Damon Stoudemire,
1: Steve Smith, Scotty Pippen, and Rashid Wallace. Like a bunch of really oddly relevant players on this team at different points of their career. Like Scottie Pippen near the end, Rashid Wallace in his prime. A lot of these guys were near the end, but yeah, it's kind of hard to tell.
0: Like, if you're coaching this team, do you have a good problem, or is that a struggle with who to plug and
1: play? I feel, I feel like, I feel like this would be a really complicated team to try and rein in, like a young Jermaine O'Neal, yeah,
2: and Bonzi Wells, yeah. Good luck. I think, I think just because you don't have the All Star kind of thing, then I think it makes it somewhat. Easier in the sense you can, like you said, plug and play and get some kind of results in a mix and match. Yeah. yeah. But it might be hard to push, get you through a threshold if you feel like you're stuck, but at least you're going to get some consistency. Absolutely.
0: I think you could even have two hockey lines where you just change out all five guys.
1: Yeah. It's true. And this team, this team was really competitive in the playoffs too. Like the, we just talked about the Pacers who lost to the Lakers in the finals in six games. In the in the western Finals the the Lakers went to seven games against the the, the blazers hmm. so they they were yeah. they were a competitive team all the way through but they just ran into that that crazy laker team
2: you you guys have any thoughts for it this one I feel a little bit better about um but it may not be what you agree with I'm gonna go with the sopranos okay uh, the
1: sopranos d- debuted this year just a yeah, really good so, lineup mm-hmm.
2: yeah I just feel like um yeah, we got like we talked about, got a, some players you can put in there and they're gonna work together as a unit, you're gonna get the results you need. And is that what the is that what the Sopranos did? I think so. Okay. since I never saw it. I'm just gonna go by the title.
1: You you, you yeah. should watch it. It sounds like it's really good. I'm yeah. gonna I would probably go with Super Smash Brothers. That's what I had, Super Smash oh, Brothers. Dang. But for I the know. same
0: logic that Ryan's using though, I, I think it works it could work for both.
1: It, it was a, an odd but compelling collection of characters, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, where, where else are you going to see different abilities? Yeah, Luigi, Luigi fighting against Link, you know, fighting against Mega Man's in it, isn't he? Mm-hmm.
0: I think so. Weird yeah. collection
1: of guys. So, like, yeah, Metro, where, else you, where else are you going to see Arvidus Sabonis playing with a uh, young Bonzi Wells? You know,
0: I mean, if you're a skateboarding nerd, you could probably make the same argument for Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Uh, you know, yeah. like a guy like bucky lasik versus the abilities of tony hawk per se so okay i I like super smash brothers i like sopranos i like tony hawk anything with with several different lineup choices um and those are all things that came out this year
1: yeah all right well that brings us to our number one team the best team is unsurprising this season the los angeles lakers who had a 69 and 13 adjusted record? Two two more wins than they actually had. Who'd they Shaq have on the, this team? Anybody that we would know? Not really. Uh, they had um, Brian Shaw, Devin George.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: They, Shaquille O'Neal was the MVP, All oh, okay. NBA First Team, All Defensive Second Team, Defensive Player of the Year, runner up. Led the league in points. Shaquille. Second in rebounds, and then uh, Kobe Bean Bryant. Twelfth in MVP okay. voting, still just twenty one okay. years old, but right. to I remember his the,
0: dad. I remember his dad.
1: Yeah, yeah. You were a huge fan. But yeah, twelfth in MVP voting, just still just twenty one, but really putting it all together. This team was uh was amazing. They had Glenn Rice was good on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then other than that, it was just a collection of role players, but it doesn't really matter when you have Shaq and Kobe. Right. So yeah, this John, was this John was an Sally. awesome team. Teron Ron I know. Coach on the, the
0: bench. Year? Is this the year that Iverson steps over to Ron Lu? Oh, uh
2: that, that's I think in the, it's the next year, right? Right, yeah. right.
0: Because they played the Pacers in the finals this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's next year. Gotcha. Little yeah. teaser.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Lakers um having the guy with the old timey name because I think we don't use that for later. Uh, seasons but there's a guy named sam jacobson it's just real yeah. basic real old time yeah it, that guy could have played in the 1950 team and i wouldn't have known the difference right yeah he's real mm-hmm. a lunch
2: pail guy real lunch pail guy yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i yeah, think like, his dad
2: actually helped build the empire state building he's like real a real ch- churn your butter kind of guy he's a
1: real <laughs> churn your butter kind of guy
0: <laughs> i love that expression it doesn't get used enough
1: yeah, well, partly because Ryan just made it up. <laughs> well, potato. It's potato. pre,
2: it's pre lunch pale. Yeah, it's like the era before lunch pale.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Los Angeles Lakers—they won the championship and they were the best regular season team. This team was dominant. So no real MVP stuff to reevaluate, no real legacy stuff to evaluate. Well, that's fun because that always leaves us time for our Jersey boys. Did miss, you have a reference miss- for them? I mean, you, a reference you got for for the Lakers? Oh, I did. You're yeah. Sorry. You, do you guys have one? The two thousand one Dre album. Okay. So I thought this was this was like classic, like can't miss television watching Young Shaq and Kobe. So I felt like TiVo, the hmm. uh, the original record live television, so you can watch it back later. I felt like this was a, a great TiVo team. You know, record it so that later on you can watch the Shaq and Kobe highlights.
2: You do your homework. Yeah. You really do. That's a good. Yeah, you I, do. Yeah, that was good. Solid. I do think it's worth mentioning about the MVP, even though it wouldn't change, but just how dominant Shaq was mm-hmm. with his first place votes. I mean, I don't. Is there another lopsided voting as much as this? Well, like I think I think Steph was uh, unanimous
1: before, right. and, and Iverson got a first place vote here. So. But, yeah, I mean, Sha- 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 Shaq, if he played 79 games like he did this season, if he played that many games more often, I feel like he would have had more MVPs. He just never was that healthy for that long. But, yeah, he, that guy was so good. <laughs> so awesome to watch. Right. Nothing you can do about him.
2: Yeah, and this is the with the inability to make free throws. I know. Yeah. I know yeah like the next
1: year he played seventy four
2: then seventy
1: uh, then sixty seven sixty seven sixty seven like he just wasn't quite getting quite enough games this was this was his high water mark in l a for for games so right yeah that was so much fun to watch
0: it really was I, miss him. I, I mean especially if you're a Lakers fan it, you can't mm. really stop him it it's fun to watch his highlight reel too because I just always in the back of my mind think of him as like uh, move you out of the way and just dunk on you, kind of guy. But he has mm-hmm. a collection of mid-range weird shots. I don't know if you can call them jumpers. And his big footwork shots. is incredible. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah that's the thing. Most of his stuff, his,
1: yeah, yeah, most of his stuff was at the rim, but it wasn't always just bowling you over the rim. He was so quick.
0: Yeah, his drop step was one of the fastest for how big he was that you'll see.
1: Yeah, it's not quite fair to put him in the same category with like, but there is similarities. I feel like with Vince Carter for him. Where it's like, mm-hmm. Sha- Shaq really could have been one of the five best players ever. And he, I mean, he's probably one of the twelve best. But mm-hmm. if he if he showed up every season in shape and never really got hurt, right? You'd be putting him up there with anybody. But it's hard hard to be disappointed when you're like kind of a no brainer top twelve all time. But yeah, yeah.
0: He I think he was distracted a lot by becoming a Freemason too. Yeah, a lot of time with that. So.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and becoming a sheriff and his rap album. Right. He had a lot of he had his uh toes dipped in a lot of
2: pools. Or... Um, They're big toes though. Did he um, uh, he also yeah, was a superhero that's... at one point, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh Blue Steel. Shazam. What it was.
1: Steel.
2: No, Shazam? Shazam
1: wasn't Shazam wasn't a superhero movie. Kazam? He was a, he was a genie. Yeah. he's a genie in a bottle. Yeah, I remember Christine Aguilera writing about him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So what about the Jersey situation?
1: All right, so that brings us back (laughs) to the Jersey situation. It wasn't blue steel, it was just regular steel. That was the That's what it was, that's what it was. I got it, Zoolittle. Yeah, Yeah, I mixed it, no, it was accidental, but, all right, so that brings us to the Jersey Boys edition, the Pacers edition. So we'll talk about which Jersey you get for, for each of these categories, the first one, best current player. It's kind of a no brainer. Tyrese Halliburton, best current player on the Pacers, B- best former player on the Pacers. Uh, kind of surprising how mediocre the options are for a team. That's been around for a really long time. It's, it's, it's a, it's obviously Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller only made three all NBA teams. He only made five all-star teams. The, the, the mm-hmm. no brainer best player in Pacer history had five all-star appearances. Hmm. His his best season ever was this season. He was thirteenth in MVP voting. You know, not That's not right. not trying to b- besmirch Reggie Miller. Just it's I, I honestly remember him as being more impactful than that. But he right. he has twice as many minutes as anyone else in franchise history. This is like leads them in points, assists, steals, games. He's even ninth in rebounds. He Wasn't even much of a rebounder. He just was. I mean, he's like he's like the no brainer face of the Pacers. But right makes you wonder how like it really might only be like 10 years before Halliburton would be considered better than him on the all time pacer list. Yeah. It's kind
0: of crazy too, because uh, you know, Springfield, Massachusetts is genuinely concerned or considered the, the birthplace of bath- basketball. But I think when you look at a movie like Hoosiers, Indiana has like a deep history with, with the, the sport of basketball mm-hmm.
1: too. Yeah. So it's kind of surprising. So, not not much to debate with those two. Now, now we get to come to the hipster choice the the jersey that you show up to the game, and people are like, "Oh, that's a that's a real fan of the team." That that person really roots for this team. So, I, here are some of the candidates I have out there: Rick Smits, who was second in the team in the franchise in games, only had one All Star appearance. Uh, Dale Davis, I feel like is a, a little bit more obscure version of Rick Smiths. He had some uh, played a lot of games for them, also only one All Star appearance. I thought jermaine o'neal maybe um he, yeah. he wasn't on the team for his whole career he had three all nba appearances and six all-star appearances on this team so he he had more all-star appearances as a pacer than reggie miller probably the, was-
0: the player who was the most destroyed by the malice at the palace yeah just such a a ridiculous
1: career trajectory just ruined by one event yeah, yeah. but yeah uh, Okay. I also throw in there Roy Hibbert just just because again, this is more like people who who had a reason to really root for the, who people who would root for this team would have a, an emotional attachment to and I could really see people Roy Hibbert was like a real force in the playoffs for like two seasons. But I, I could imagine being a fan of that team and really having fond Roy Hibbert memories. <laughs> and then the last one I want to throw in there was Danny Granger. Yeah, I love Danny was, Granger really good on that team before injuries derailed him. But yeah, one all-star appearance and then had started having knee problems and was never really the same, but dang. Yeah. I see Paul George in the next category and that, that hurts. Yeah. But I think it's probably right. So who would you go with for hipster choice? I feel, I feel, I feel like it's, I kind of want to say Dale Davis, but I feel like Dale Davis or Rick Smiths.
2: I like Rick Smiths personally.
1: Wow. Yeah. I, I,
0: gosh, I'm surprised you don't think Jermaine O'Neal or Danny Granger. I feel like Jermaine O'Neal
1: was maybe too good for it.
2: Plus that's what I also- think does those-
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I was gonna say, yeah, the same thing that those players are, I think, um, too well recognized. I mean, of course people know Rick Schmitz, but I just feel like mm. to have that Jersey, that's a real fan. Mm-hmm. hmm Right. And Jermaine O'Neal had played on a lot of other
0: teams too. Like he wasn't. That is true. Yeah. Boy, I my vote would probably go with Smiths
1: though. Sorry, Ryan. All right, let's go. Let's go, Smiths.
0: That's what I was saying. I agree with you. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying Dale Davis.
1: I, I just I like Dale Davis is just a little bit more more obscure, but Rick Smiths was obviously the better player. But Rick
0: Smiths, uh, uh, according to this stat line, is second in games like played with Indiana with Indiana Pacers, with the
1: Pacers. So? Yeah, second in games, points, and minutes for the Pacers. Third yeah, rebounds I think if there's a...
0: Yeah. If there's a, if there's a tiebreaker that probably does it for me too, just
1: cause he's, he played for them yeah. for so long. So, so I think Rick Smith's is a good choice for that. So that brings us to the most annoying Jersey, which I always think of as different types of annoying. Like it could be embarrassing, could be kind of corny, could be obnoxious. So I, I feel like there's a really strong candidate for this, which of course is Ron Artest Meta world peace. pacer all star, but ruined the, uh, oh four, oh five season. Cause he punched the fan and derailed one of their best teams ever.
0: But his like
1: jersey best. got tore, and someone threw a beer on him. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I I think I don't think people are going to – you walk into that arena, no one's like, oh, yeah, run our test. <laughs> like they're, they're more like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You know?
0: Yeah. I think whoever wears that jersey has to have it, like,
1: torn down the middle too or, like, stretched yeah. out. Game worn. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a, I have a couple other candidates here. So it in, in some of these, again, part of this is more of the corny and kind of embarrassing type of annoying jersey. I feel like there there's probably three franchises where a little little uh peek behind the curtain for the fans, where three white guys. So I feel like there's three teams kind of in particular where uh, maybe they pick more white players than they ought and are known for kind of favoring going for white players. The I feel like the Celtics, the Pacers, and the Jazz all kind of do that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you showed up to a Pacers game wearing an Austin Crozier or a Jeff Foster jersey or a Tyler Hansborough jersey, it'd be like, oh my gosh. you're just you're just the guy who likes the white guys on the Pacers. I, don't yeah. know, I, f- I feel like those would be all pretty obnoxious. You know, Austin Crozier had a few memorable playoff moments, but whatever. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Foster was on that team for a long time. He's fourth all-time in their in in games played. I think what you're doing here is uh you you're you use this category to
0: describe things that are embarrassing, corny or obnoxious, but what you're describing is is cringe. That that's mm-hmm.
2: that's what sure, the that category
0: sure. is. Um, yeah. and you're certainly hitting the mark. Uh-huh.
1: That Crozier I, I would Jeff not Foster want to thing. show up yeah, I don't want to show up to a Pacer game wearing a Jeff Foster jersey. People be like, "Why do you own this?" I think Rick Smith gets a pass on that. Right? He um, was good. He was really good. He was an All Star. He was second in games and points and minutes. But just Jeff a Foster, a likable guy too. Like yeah, guy. I feel like Jeff Foster is is a good example of this. Also, Tyler Hansborough because he was a lottery pick that was a lottery picked. Uh, I mean, he was not very good. Psycho Tyler. Yeah. And then a couple other names I put on here, Paul George question mark, cuz I I don't know how fans of that team feel about it. He did leave pretty early, but he also had some good years there. So yeah. I I don't know how the fans would feel if you have a Paul George jersey if they'd just be like if they'd be annoyed or if they if they have enough distance to remember it fondly. I don't know.
2: I don't think then, they'd be too upset.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't think so. But then the I last one te- Ryan. Yeah. And then the last one I put on here was Lance Stevenson, just cuz he's Mostly known for the blowing in LeBron's ear meme, so I feel like that's just kind of an absurdity. I feel like there may be some teams that where he would win, but I feel like Ron yeah. Artest is, I don't know,
2: Somebody yeah, real strong. I, well, yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Ron. Ron Artest obviously had the the biggest moment, but um I feel like Lance Stevenson's a close behind him in the sense of just being super annoying, and mm. you know, I feel like a lot of his. I don't know if you call them highlights but a lot of his films are like him just trying to annoy players mm-hmm. and not necessarily playing basketball. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I, I think I'm I'm just going to play the devil, devil's advocate here that I actually think Lance Stevenson is fine. Uh, especially with Paul George too. I, I think the reason that they get a pass from this category is they, you know, they battled LeBron mm-hmm. and fans really were behind you know what Paul George was doing before the injury. Mm-hmm. And Lance Stevenson was intentionally a disruptor. I mean, it was it was his contribution to the game, and it was effective at times. That's true. So I think Ro- the thing that Ron Artest did was, like, a totally, you know, WTF right. situation. Like, there, it had it didn't benefit the team, right. if anything. It ruined the franchise.
1: So I don't know. I, right. He takes the cake for me. Lance Stevenson was battling LeBron, and Ron Artest was battling the fans. So, yeah. Right. There's a lot, a lot more sense. fans. One yeah. of those was part of the rules of the game. And one of them mm-hmm. was yeah, uh, not allowed by the rule book. So I, I, I do think it's Ron Artest. I think Lance Stevenson is not nowhere near Ron Artest. But I also think Tyler Hansborough would be like... Mm-hmm. I, I also think about it from the flip side of like, if they told me like... We have three guys who want to come sit next to you at this game. One of them's wearing a Ron Artest jersey, one's wearing a Lance Stevenson jersey, and one's wearing a Tyler Hansborough jersey. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I would be pretty annoyed by the Tyler Hansborough guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think if I I think we're not giving enough clout maybe to that Hansborough jersey because he was a lottery pick Mm -hmm. and he was just atrocious in the NBA. I mean, he definitely. I, I,
1: yeah, he seems like the the kind of lottery pick where if if you if you showed people a picture of Tyler Hansborough and said he was a lottery pick, I feel like most people would be like, "Was it the Pacers, Celtics, or Jazz?" Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> right. no one else was going to take him in the lottery. So yeah, I don't know. I like how he and Crozier
0: went
2: to the same barber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. feel like you guys are being pretty hard on him. I mean, I know he didn't excel to the point of a lottery pick, but I don't feel like he was that much of a bust. Was he that really? much of a bust? He was he I mean he scored a lot a of buckets. I mean like he he the, probably averaged double digits. He did not. I mean again, he, one one
1: season he did. He did. But
2: yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking
0: about. That one season. <laughs> See, I think I think you I think you're looking at it from a supporting Tyler hansborough perspective and I understand that because to compete in the NBA and score points is impressive. Yeah. But I, right. I think if you look at it from the perspective of a Pacers fan, I think mm-hmm. as soon as they announced his name on draft day, people were like, "You got to be kidding me!" Oh, he was I just gotcha. so yeah. hyped up in college, and nobody mm. really wanted to take him as high as he he climbed. Gotcha. He really did well in the college game. He was kind of like uh, Leitner, like he was, yeah. you just like, knew if he one really of, wasn't going to be that good. In the if front.
1: one of my sons had Tyler Hansbrough's career, I'd be so proud of them. Like you started exactly. fifty games in the NBA. That's, <laughs> that's so what I'm many talking about. Yeah, but see, if I was rooting for around. a team and they pick someone in the lottery who started fifty games, I'd be like, yeah. Why did we pick them? So, I don't know. Because I guess, I guess it all—it's all relative. I think that's what we're learning this episode. Depends. It, expectations are important, right? Yeah, you know, send it across the borealis. Exactly. You just got to send it across the the borealis absolutely yeah right. what Is year was he drafted he, he was oh, drafted sorry. uh no i was just i was gonna wrap up but uh he was drafted in 09 09 and he was the 13th overall pick yep
0: in that draft and that was a draft with like blake griffin and james harden there, there were a lot of good players and they got tyler hansborough yeah well,
1: let's those see. players let's... are
2: probably gone already
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah. They could have had Drew Holiday. Those Hansborough. <laughs> yeah, it's been gone for a while. Yeah, Drew Holiday was in that draft. Yeah, he would have been
0: better. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, Drew Steph Curry too.
1: They had
2: Steph Curry. No way in that draft. Well, I mean, he wasn't available at thirteen. He wasn't but, available. Yeah, right. uh, he's really he's really too small compared to Hansborough. Anyways the the
0: picks right before you're right the picks right before hansborough were demar DeRozan, brandon jennings terence williams gerald henderson and then tyler hansborough so they have a stat
1: called value over replacement player
0: mm-hmm. where
1: they vorp. compare your yeah vorp where they compare your stats to what an average player would be and just see what your what your overall value was and if you rank the 2009 draft by vorp he is number 34 And you know what his total vorp for his career was? James Harden's Vorp is 78 for his career. Steph Curry's is 60, 68. Blake Griffin's was 32. Tyler Hansborough's was zero. (laughs) That's he was exactly replacement level for like five or six seasons. Like it's fine. I'd be so proud of my sons. That's what I want you to focus on. (laughs) But I wouldn't, as a 13th pick, it would bum me out.
2: Okay. So, yeah. Boy point made. So, it's all relative. But I'm still Wait. so proud of my son. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, it sounds like a, it's a turbo the mouse situation for you.
1: <laughs> I for want sure. that one.
2: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, pretty yeah. great season. A lot of great mm-hmm. players. Yeah. Wrapped up. Niece. Congratulations Completely.
1: to the Lakers, Jack and Kobe. You guys were you guys were great i'm proud of you if those are my sons whew. i'm glad they finally got their flowers on this podcast finally
0: yeah <laughs> all right uh, oh i'm wearing that
1: smith's jersey though did we pick which category we have to wear no because i think if we did that we have to compete for it we have to see who gets the pick because i don't want to get stuck with a ron artest the game worn
2: yeah who wants that
1: yeah yeah Well, that that, that brings us to the end of our 2000 episode next next episode, we're going to go all the way back to 2020. Okay. Yeah, see if the uh, see if the Lakers can hold on to their bubble title. Wow, that's going to be so weird. I'm going to get my shot. I'm going to get my shot. Yeah, everyone get boosted. Do your own research. All right, right. absolutely. The, any anyone who listened, thanks a lot. Appreciate yeah, thanks it. So thanks so much. Have a great night. Have right. a great night. Look at It's
2: eleven thirty. It is bedtime.